Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. Podcast 59, two days before the NFL draft. And uh, some big moves already going on in the NFL. Uh, we'll get into that. We're going to get into uh, a mock draft of the first round of the NFL draft, um, looking at every offensive defensive position where teams may or may not go. Uh, Corey, Craig, and Scotty all compiled together a mock draft. I just do finals and uh, the intro. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Top Shelf Fantasy. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Top Shelf FNTSY. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, um, or on our website at TopShelfFantasy.com. If we're not on any of those that I just read off, tweet at us. Let us know. We'll get on there. Get on your favorite uh, little podcast player, uh, except for YouTube, because YouTube's upload is, is awful and garbage. Uh, so let's just jump into the news real quick. Um, yeah. So who wants to take this one? Uh, you know, I'll hop in if you don't mind. Um, Rob Gronkowski, back in the news again today, comes out, says he wants to get down to Tampa Bay and uh, reunite with Tom Brady for a little quarterback tight end action. And lo and behold, uh, I don't know, what was it, like an hour later, there's a deal done. Uh, Patriots, I guess, who had the rights to Gronk, send him down to Tampa, get a uh, send him in a seventh-round pick down to Tampa and get a fourth-round back in return. Um, I mean, we'll see what the guys got left in the tank, but... I don't know if it's gonna, if it's really going to matter. I mean, they got a lot of tight ends down there, a little log jam at the T8 uh, tight end spot for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, no, Craig. No, I was just going to say Gronk is only going to be good for the back half of the year anyway. He, he, he's, <laughs> he'll, he'll get hurt early or won't be in shape early and will only play towards towards the end of the year. We'll, we'll see if they have enough wins to get into the playoffs. Maybe he'll play in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and if you seen this guy lately he's a lot smaller than he was in his prime with the pats so he's gonna take him a long time just to get back into that football shape um i mean he's a guy that's gonna go way too early in fantasy drafts and i think like what you said craig is gonna get hurt a lot at the beginning um they're gonna you know ease him in because they do have two other pretty good tight ends there in the system already so there's no point to really force him in right away um but this trade is kind of like that marshawn lynch trade when he came out of retirement uh, a couple years ago with the seahawks um but for the pats getting a fourth round pick for a guy that was retired i think is pretty good for us i mean it sucks that two years ago gronk's worth a first round pick but i don't know it just kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of uh (laughs) unfair (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad. I was I was preparing myself for a world without Tom Brady on the Patriots. Like I I could gear up for that, but this just came out of nowhere and just stabbed us all in the back. I feel like. Well, Gronk's a big meanie. He took his ball, he went home, and then he came back to play with other kids around the block. He's a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, yeah, next piece of news on Tom Brady, too. Uh, he got kicked out of a, a park down in Tampa Bay. I don't know if you guys saw that this week. Um, yeah, nope. He for... was told he had, he had to take his ball and go home. Yeah, literally another ball in the situation. He was on a park working out, and they gave him the old boot. 
guess they're not really ready to treat him like the uh, like the goat quite yet down there. Uh, well, maybe he'll ask for another trade and you know, <laughs> trademark his name into other couple uh, city <laughs> names. Um, all right. Falcons, to, so draft-related news. Falcons looking to trade up lines, looking to trade back. I don't really know the details on all of this. Um, if somebody else well, wants to jump in on that, or I can start talking about all my final homework because that's what I've been living in. So, so the uh, the the pieces of news of as far as um, you know, when you're doing a mock draft, it's it's way too difficult to figure out who's actually going to um, you know trade up and and, and who's going to trade back. So we don't really mock trades in our draft the one that we're going to go over today um, but what we do know in real life is that the falcons have been tied and linked to a lot of top end top 10 type players um and they they are sitting around i think it's like 16 if i'm not mistaken that they're going to be most likely trading up from uh the lions have mentioned multiple times that they've talked to a ton of teams uh, for the number three overall pick. Um, it seems likely that they would trade out because there's going to be a lot of movement at the quarterback position in the top of the draft. Um, so, you know, when, when you're looking at it, what, what you're thinking of, of what's going to happen, I, I feel like those are the two most likely teams to make a trade on draft day. Yeah. There's been a ton of rumblings in both directions, like Falcons moving up, Lions moving out or down, however it's going to work out. And like you said, there's just no way for us to know what's going to happen. We're not privy to GM conversations, um, even even less so than than uh, you know the players are. So um, no sense in us trying to mock them out. But it's important for us, for us to mention because there's going to be trades that happen on draft day. We just don't know what they are, and we can't you know sit here and guess for every team if they're going to move out or not. So we have to project what the info that we have, and uh, hopefully the mock drafts will help you get a decent um, you know understanding of where these players may or may not go. And, and the biggest thing, too, with news coming out, especially this week, I call it the week of lies. It, it, it's a lot of smokescreen news. There's Gettleman talking about uh, looking at Justin Herbert a ton. It's like, no, the guy's not actually going to draft Justin Herbert. He has Daniel Jones. It was a big deal about them reaching on him last year. Uh, they're not going to reach on him one year and then go to another one just because they have a new special teams coordinator as the head coach. That's not going to happen. Um, but what they do is they put out a lot of news to drive up the price on those trades. It sounds as though that it's possible that the Giants are one that might be trading back because they're trying to say, hey, if you want Herbert, you got to come to our pick because we're going to take him. Um, so that's that's a lot of news that you kind of have to, you know, be weary of. You know, we know what we know at this point. Yeah, uh, no, going into just the to kind of talk on top of that, too. You said the GMs, and there's also the other side of it, which is the uh, player agents who are floating all this fake news out there as well to try to drive up the stock of their own guys. And, I mean, you get lies from one side, you get lies from the other side, and trying to see through the smoke and figure out what's true and what's not, especially this week, is, I mean, if you're hearing rumors of this week, just kind of remember what you were remembering the previous week because that's probably the more accurate information. Yep. And with that, we are going to get into a consensus mock draft that we did last night uh, together. We went over, we have individual drafts uh, that we've done, uh, you know, a few write-ups, uh, you know, by me, Corey, Scott. We all put in on uh, our own individual drafts that you'll be able to go out on our website to see. Um, but together, uh, we went through and, and put together what we thought, um, you know, collectively, what would be the, the area... Uh, that teams go. Uh, and so we're going to start it off uh, pretty easily. 
to figure out that the Cincinnati Bengals need a quarterback. Joe Burrow has been the number one guy, um, you know, been, been going number one on everyone's draft board, all, you know, mock draft season, all, um, you know, combine season, everything. So Joe Burrow, we have going to the Cincinnati Bengals, number one. Um, I don't know if Scott, Scott or Corey, you guys want to go to number two? Scott, you can take it. Yeah, I think this one's pretty obvious too. Um, I think we all have Chase Young, um, guy at Ohio State going to the Redskins. Um, that's a big need of theirs, and a guy like this doesn't come out um, every year. So I think with the number two pick, they would easily pick him. Um, yeah, that's but all I got to say about him. So Dow's going to take on Detroit for the third pick. Heck yeah. Uh, Detroit, again, we talked about may move back. It looks like they have at least had some discussions on doing so. But if they make a pick, which at three and with the needs of their team, I think they probably should. Um, I have them, and I think we have them consensus going. Let me just double check before I say anything. Is Isaiah Simmons. Um, Isaiah Simmons can play pretty much all over the field as far as all three linebacker or four linebacker spots, as well as dropping back into the secondary if he needs to. Super, super ultra versatile. Um, and we've seen Patricia, Matt Patricia, try to make a lot of improvements to his defensive side of the ball. I think Isaiah Simmons and his flexibility and versatility across the field would be somebody that Patricia could really utilize to his max potential. And if Patricia is feeling himself maybe on the hot seat, this is a great guy to add to that team and uh, really plug some holes for your for your defense. All right, and so at number four, I'm uh, not going to go too in-depth on uh, on him um, but I do want to circle back, um, since this is a fantasy football podcast, we should, and not just jump over, uh, which was my bad, uh, the fact that Cincinnati has a quarterback now that will be able to throw the ball. Um, so I wanted to just add in to what that could do to Joe Mixon, Tyler, um, you know, uh, Boyd, uh, AJ Green, you know, obviously it's a, I think it's an addition for every single one of them. I don't know if you guys feel um, that Joe Burrow wouldn't start right away or whatever, but I, I feel mainly uh, 100%, 100% he's a day one starter. You don't sit this guy on the bench to hold a clipboard for a year at your number one overall pick. Yeah. So the guy at number four, it was Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle from Iowa. Um, he lit up the combine with all of his numbers. Uh, he was one of the most athletic um you know, offensive lineman. And I think that's what Gettleman loves and that'll help out Saquon Barkley pretty well um, going forward. And it definitely helps out Daniel Jones and the rest of the offense altogether. Uh, so going over to number five, our consensus was Scott. Um, five, the Dolphins, we have that. I'm taking uh, a Tua quarterback out of Alabama. I know um, <clears throat> he'll probably sit for the first, the first three years behind Fitzpatrick magic but that's just you know a guy in five years that can take over when Fitzmagic hangs up his shoes but um i i think at this point they do take him in all seriousness him or another quarterback they did a lot of moves this offseason with the line and the defense so they are building for the future um they have a few more picks in this draft so um they could even get a running back later on and out of the defense too. So at five, we have them taking Tua. Um, and then on to six, the Chargers. Yep, the uh, Chargers, we have also taken a quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh, I think it's a pretty, I don't want to say it's a no, uh, you know, a no questions asked kind of move, but it makes perfect sense for the team as a whole. 
their really big glaring spot on their roster is the gaping hole at quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is a serviceable quarterback and I'm not trying to really tear him apart, but he's not a quarterback of the future. He's well past his prime. And if they're looking to bring somebody in for the long run, Justin Herbert's the guy he has a lot of similarities in his game to Josh Allen, except that he's more accurate. He has similar size, similar frame, similar build, similar speed, similar, uh, really just talent across the board. And after you saw the success that Josh Allen had with the bills last season, I think the chargers can look at Justin Herbert and say, all right, this guy can be a starter in the NFL. Maybe he needs a little bit of polishing on his game to get to the pro level, to take that next step. Oregon doesn't run a fully, um, you know, pro style offense, but they're close. And Justin Herbert should be able to make that jump. He tested well in the wonder which is, you know, not the end all be all, but it's a good sign. Um, I think they would be missing to take anybody else, especially with pretty much every other hole on their team filled. Uh, with that, I'll send it over back to you, Craig, for the Panthers pick. Yeah, and just to add to to Herbert, I found uh, today I heard he won the academic award for um, all college football players. So, so he, so he's also you know brainiac on top of the the fact that he did well on the Wonderlick. Nice. Um, so, Carolina Panthers, we have taking Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. He's a massive dude. Uh, he's a freak. There's a specific play that will stick in my brain that he picks up this guy and pretty much DDTs him on the field. Uh, a little bit of Indomitian Sue in him. Um, so that could that could maybe, you know, shy some people away from him. But he, he's he's a world beater on the line. The Panthers lost a ton of defensive linemen, um, you know, this past free agency. You know, so I think that that's definitely something they'll work on. They're ranked second to last in rushing uh, yards against last year. So that's that's the pick that we have going there. And so, Scott, you want to take over the Cardinals? I would love to take over the Cardinals. Um, it's a great spot right now. Oh, yeah. Um, we have them taking, uh, I'm not going to say it right, uh, Mecky <laughs> Becton. Oh, Mackay Becton. <laughs> oh, God. Mecky Becton. You not... never heard of Mackay fight? <laughs> Only once. <laughs> uh, the offensive tackle out of uh, Louisville. They made a lot of moves this offseason with the big one of Hopkins and bringing back Drake. And I know they want to even run the ball more with uh, Drake and Edmund. So why not add a- another tackle there? Um, I don't know, don't know too much about this pick, but together last night we came up with it. So um, Becton is going to the Cardinals at number eight. Uh, yeah, and, Tom, that, uh... and Tom, if you want to jump in here on any one of these guys or any receivers coming up um feel free yeah i might jump in on a couple wide receivers i'm i'm quiet just because i have no knowledge on most of this stuff yeah so. you, you asked tom to talk I'm, about I'm offensive letting, tackles I'm being letting, talked about. i'm letting y'all just no no run with it. i didn't mean that i mean when we get to the <laughs> receivers in, in a fancy tom, position tom loves to talk about offensive linemen yeah Tom I mean, is, uh, like if you guys haven't realized, all right, Tom is a famously known for not caring about offensive linemen. But when you get to the running backs and wide receivers, I'm sure we'll get a lot more interest out of the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like them for the purpose that I like them for, and that's fantasy running backs and wide receivers. So. <laughs> Specifically running back. Specifically running back. All right, so we're on oh, to yeah. number uh, on to number nine. The the Jags pick. We have them uh, consensusly taking Jeff Okuda. Uh, lockdown cornerback out of Ohio State, really just taking away pretty much half the field anytime he's out there. So um, definitely no reason for the Jags to not take him with who the, who they've lost in free agency and uh, via trade, I guess, last year with Ramsey as well, um, essentially having nobody in their secondary. 
So Okuda comes in, probably gives them at least the first building block for their newfound secondary. They're looking to rebuild probably what they originally had with Ramsey his first couple of years in the league. And with the guys that they already have on the D-line in, in Gakwe and uh, Josh Allen from last year, they're they're on their way. They're, they're rebuilding. They're probably a few pieces away, but they're getting there. Um, I'll send it over to you, Craig, for the for the Browns pick. Cleveland Browns need help a lot of places on defense, in my opinion. Uh, that's where we went. We went Caleb on Chase on. Uh, he is definitely the best pass rusher in this draft. Um, after just watching his tape, you just you just knew he was going to be drafted really high. That's what uh, NFL GMs, coaches, defensive coordinators are all salivating over right now is exactly this type of player. Uh, he's got the build. Um, you know, he he had 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks last year. Um, but just watching his tape, he's just an athletic freak. I compare him to Jamie Collins, which, you know, was on the Browns a couple of years ago. Um, he'll definitely be someone that goes all over the field in passing situations. Um, so, you know, that, that that's pretty pretty much all I have to say on that. So we'll get over to the Jets, Scott. All right. Um, the Jets at 11, we have him taking uh, Jedrick Wills Jr., another offensive tackle. Do you want to talk about that one, Tom? <laughs> the DOT? Totally kidding. Um, I don't even want to talk about it either, but um, Jets, like <laughs> we saw last year how bad uh, Love Bell was because of that line. He could not separate at all. So they need to, their biggest need is an offensive tackle. And that's what they're going to take in this draft, we think, to help out Bell just a little bit. Um, they should add some more in the draft as well. But um, it's a good spot for them to take one of the top top picks um, on the line. Um, Corey or Tom, I know Tom wants to take some wide outs. So do you want to take uh, the Raiders? Yeah. All right. I'll talk about uh, uh, Mr. C.D. Lamb. Um so it was interesting. I mean, I, I think a lot of people thought that Judy was just going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, and here CD Lamb is. I mean, CD Lamb's given all the tools that he needs. Uh, you saw him dominate down in Oklahoma. You saw him dominate his own team's uh, share of the targets in the yards and the TDs. So I think it makes sense for LA to go, or Las Vegas to go ahead and take a wide receiver here. They have no one. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> when you're trusting Derek Carr with the wide receivers you get, it's not a it's not a great offense. So I think it makes sense they go and get an offensive weapon for him. Yeah, yeah, and no, then, I completely agree. Uh, so we're getting on to the Niners with uh, what's that? Like the fifteenth pick at this point? No, thirteenth pick. Sorry, uh, we've got them taking Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina defensive tackle. Um, I mean, they lost a few players this year on the on the D line and kind of across some other positions as well. But I think it's a main area of focus for them to shore up that interior uh, of the defensive line. And maybe one of the primary motivators for this selection is it's one of the better picks available. Uh, Kinlaw is grading very, very close to Derek Brown, and we just told you that he's probably going to go um, before him, a couple picks before him. And he's kind of viewed as like a top five talent in the draft. And if Kinlaw is being compared to him left and right. He's he deserves to go now, um, and the Niners can fill a need on their on their roster. So, um, the one thing I know Craig mentioned about Brown is that he has that kind of uh, untamed beast and Dominican Sue edge to him. Kimla doesn't really—I don't want to say he doesn't have an edge to him because that seems disrespectful—but he doesn't have 
the loose cannon uh, aspect to his game, which I think some teams will view a little bit more favorably. Uh, you know, everybody wants the next Indomitian Sioux, but nobody wants the headaches of Indomitian Sioux. So uh, Kinlaw is a good middle ground, and I think the Niners will benefit from from drafting him. Yeah, absolutely agree on that one. Buccaneers are up next at pick 14, and we have them taking an offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas. Um, a lot of these tackles in this draft are very closely rated. Um, in, in this situation, you know, getting a blindside blocker for Tom Brady is very high up in the books and priority for Tampa Bay. Um, they have needed tackles and, and bringing in, you know, Gronk is another person that's going to help them block mostly more than, you know, receive. You know, that's what Gronk is known as, but they need offensive tackle blocking. Um, Andrew Thomas was blocking when Sony Michelle was running, Nick Chubb was running over in Georgia. And it really, it really showed how uh, they've always, they ran behind him over 50% of the plays. Uh, so he, he's definitely a, a, a tremendous talent. Um, someone that's going to be able to step in right away. I feel uh, so going over to 15, the Broncos is when we actually have Jerry Judy Thomas. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Broncos still need somebody to throw the ball to him, but um, I mean, if you saw the Wonderlick score, it's not great, but this is uh, considered one of the highest um, highest rated prospects when it comes to route running. I mean, he's an athletic freak, um, and it, he basically has overshadowed Henry Ruggs, right? And Henry Ruggs is is a phenomenal wide receiver in itself, but Jerry Judy's just that good that he's just dominating um, all the headlines. He dominated everything down in Alabama. I think it makes sense for Denver to bring in um, a, a wide receiver here uh, to put somebody somebody opposite Cortland Sutton. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting from a fantasy perspective how well Judy's outlook is in 2020. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's a good spot for him in an offense that is only getting better, right? They bring in Melvin Gordon. You're running alongside Cortland Sutton. I mean, there, there's going to be opportunities for Jerry Judy to go out and have some good games. All right, um, pick number 16 is going to the Falcons, and we have them taking the cornerback out of Florida, C.J. Henderson. Uh, they lost a few cornerback pieces this year in free agency, and I know they need a lot um, still on the offense as well, but their secondary is weak, so that's why we have them taking the next highest-rated cornerback uh, in the draft, C.J. Henderson. And I was want to take the Cowboys at 17. Yeah. Um, Cowboys at 17. We have uh, going with Xavier McKinney. Um, this is kind of my pick. So I, I think I kind of forced on you guys. So I'm happy that I get to kind of defend it and not make you guys uh, do my dirty work. But the Cowboys uh, have a few holes to fill after some offseason departures. And after missing out on probably the top four offensive linemen, which is definitely an area of need for them to fix up that O-line after a couple guys left, they're probably not going to go and reach for kind of the next tier of offensive linemen that are, are available out there. Um, the other, only other position I see them really needing is an outside linebacker, but there are already Simmons and Chase on off the board. So instead of that, I have them going for a defensive back, somebody that I can come in and play and contribute right away. And that's Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, the strong safety. Um, he can kind of play both safety positions. He's also even played cornerback in Alabama uh, at different times. So, he could be a good fit. He kind of reminds me of like an early uh, Byron Jones or even like a Jeff Heath, but 
he's got a lot more upside than those guys, I think. Um, we'll see if they actually go ahead and do that. They're probably another candidate that we should have mentioned that might just trade out of this spot altogether. If they can't get the guy that they really, really like or really, really need, it might make more sense for them to move back and maybe stockpile some picks for the second round. Uh, time will tell. But then we're on to 18 with the Dolphins, another offensive tackle. So, Tom? Well, yeah. I'll go ahead and... I, you know, <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll, ta- I'll take Josh Jones. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. There's this guy named Ryan Fitzmagic, okay? The guy is very old. He needs to be protected. So Miami needs to go get their pick. Uh, Josh Jones out of Houston, offensive tackle, protect Ryan Fitzmagic, make my dynasty great again. Devontae Parker, top 10 wide receiver. This pick makes Miami Dolphins in 2020. I have I have no idea, but it sure. Could, they could everybody can use offensive line help. So I mean, and they went out and got Jordan Howard. Their run game was absolutely atrocious last year. I mean, it makes sense that Miami is gonna go and get that. You're, you're drafting a quarterback with a bad hip. So I mean, let's go. <laughs> but listen, Tua fits magic. I mean, it's a solid, All right? it's a solid points across the board. So, yeah, makes sense. So, uh, nineteen is the Raiders, um, and we have uh, uh, edge rusher Yeter Grossmatos. Uh, I believe is the pronunciation. Many of people have uh, mentioned it in different ways, but we're going to stick with that. Um, definitely the next best edge rusher off the board. He played at Penn State, which is a you know fan of of mine. Uh, and I, I feel that he was probably one of the best edge defenders that they've had in the last five seasons. Um, and, you know, he, he really wreaked havoc pretty much on uh, the defensive side of the ball. There's, there's really not much more that you need to add other than the fact that he's a solid defensive end. Uh, the Raiders, you know, have been focusing on their defense uh, quite often, uh, you know, the last two years. So it's a, it's a pretty good fit. So going over to the Jags. All right, um, I'll take this one. Um, Jackson was on the board again at 20. Uh, this came via the Los Angeles Rams trade last year with Jalen Ramsey, so that's why they're at 20. Um, we have them taking Henry Ruggs the third out of Alabama. And, I mean, like Tom said before, Jerry Judy is, is probably the top receiver um, ranked in the draft, and he kind of overshadowed Ruggs. Ruggs is still a fantastic receiver in this draft. So we have him third receiver up the board. Going Jacksonville, they just got rid of Marquis Lee. They have DJ Chark. They have DD, but DD's injury prone. I'm not sure if he's going to be that guy. But I think Ruggs just adds another weapon to that offense. And Dows, take 21. Yeah. Um, so next up at 21 is the Philadelphia Eagles, and we have them taking the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, out of LSU. Um, another guy who really came on and showed up in the latter half of the season at LSU. Uh, not that he wasn't effective in the beginning half, but when you saw them make that push towards the end and then into the uh, the championship run there, he was putting up multi-TD games left and right, really just showing that he can go get any ball thrown his way. And that's exactly what the Eagles need right now. Their biggest hole on their roster as that receiver. And it has been for what the last two or three seasons. Now him opposite Alshon Jeffrey is at least a step in the right direction. Hopefully uh, Carson Wentz will be able to stay healthy and find them consistently and get a good rhythm going. But Jefferson's a guy that doesn't seem like he needs a huge rhythm. He has a great catch radius, uh, great measurables and should be able to contribute 
hopefully from day one, we'll see him start putting up some numbers. Uh, so next pick is the 22nd pick with the Vikings. I'm not sure who wants to take this one. Yeah, I'll go over it. Uh, Christian Fulton, uh, we have going to the Vikings. We feel like that they need some cornerback help. Their secondary was, you know, a little lacking. Um, their entire defense really, you know, took a big step back this free agency period. I think that they could really use a lot of help there. Um, you know, they did get rid of digs on offense, but uh, I think focusing on, on defense in the first round here would be the, the best choice for him. Um, and he's our next graded corner. Um, you know, he was another LSU product, uh, you, you know, shut down corner on, on that side of the ball for them. They really had a lot of talented players. Um, and I feel like a few, a few of the stats may have been a little less than what they would normally be if they were on other teams because of the talent on the entire team. And he, he had 14 pass breakups, which I know just looking at, you know, mo- most of the numbers around the league for cornerbacks, um, that's actually a pretty high number. Um, Okuda, the number one, had nine pass breakups. Um, you know, wh- whether that is an actual stat that you want to take or, you know, do that with the, what you will. Um, but he's a pretty good corner. Um, you know, so that's why we have the Vikings taking him. And so next up, we have our own New England Patriots at pick 23. I don't know who wants to take this one. Yeah. I'll take it. I get, um, oh, all right. Or do you, Tom? No, take it. Sure, sure. I'll, ta- I'll talk about the disaster of a Patriots. So we lost Tom Brady. Uh, Sony stinks. Kill Harry. Uh, verdict's still out. Uh, we lost Dorsett. Uh, we never had Gronk, but d- then we lost him. Um, so we're going to draft a linebacker. Um, Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU, because the one thing that Bill Belichick loves doing is uh, saying, hey, you think my offense is bad? I'll make my defense better. So anyway, we're going to take uh, Patrick Queen, middle linebacker, LSU. It's going to be a ball control. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, it's, it's probably more of a, of a broad sense of how to run a football team. It's going to be a run-first team, control the ball, and you do it on defense. You do it with the ground game. We talk about this with a lot of teams. Defenses are important in the sense that if you're trying to control the ball, you're controlling it on the ground and with your defense. So I, I think yeah, that's kind of where the paths for, are going. To that point, we saw the Vikings do that this year with great effectiveness. I mean, they ran the ball over 60% of the time and played good defense to the best of their ability, but it, it can be done effectively at a high level. Nolans. Nolans. 24, the Nolans Saints. Um, we have him going Kenneth Murray at Oklahoma, the middle linebacker. Um, at first, I was going to have him take a wide receiver, but of course, they get Sanders and Fragency, so now they can focus on beefing up that um, defense. And he was our next best linebacker after uh, Patrick Queen. And just a funny thing from picks 21 to 23 was all LSU players. Um, and this draft is full of, of filthy LSU defensemen in the first round. But uh, yeah, 24, we have the Saints picking Kenneth Murray. And 25, Craig, you want to take that one? Actually, I'll, I'll go over to... Dows, I'll see it to him on this one because I know that he likes this player a lot. Right. I know Tom I likes this player it. a lot too, so Tom can talk about him too. <laughs> yeah, um, the 25th pick for the Vikings, we have them taking T. Higgins. We had Stephon Diggs leaving town, so they've got a hole to fill right there. T. Higgins kind of slots in fairly seamlessly. He has every measurable that you could possibly ask for. His He didn't unfortunately run at the combine. He didn't bench at the combine, so we don't know exactly how he stacks up against other people that way. But going strictly from what we've seen him do on the field and from looking at the six foot four monster, and I think he's like 216 pounds, 
He has the size to contribute off the bat. He has the size to play the pro game at a high level. And he, again, just from watching tape, he has the speed and the strength to make it happen. So, um, Tom, if you want to add anything, by all means. Think a more aggressive A.J. Green. I mean, that's what I see in T. Higgins. I mean, the dude moves like he moves like A.J. Green, but he's got the, the aggressiveness of DeAndre. I, I Personally, I could make an argument that T. Higgins is the best wide receiver in the game, but, I mean, he's got his flaws, but he is he's definitely a phenomenal pick here. He's great filling for Stephon Diggs, too. I mean, this, this pick for Minnesota makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it is a perfect fit for them. Dream fit. All right, 26, Miami Dolphins. We have them taking a defensive tackle, Ross Blacklock from Texas Christian University. Um, he's a pretty good D tackle. Dolphins, you know, need a lot of holes, you know, need to fill a lot of holes. Um, you know, we had them going quarterback early, <laughs> offensive tackle, now defensive tackle. Um, just to, just, just trying to get all the base positions filled in. Uh, this team has been progressing in the right direction. Obviously, been on a rebuild for the last two seasons. So, um, you know, Ross Blackblock, the player, um, you know, was able to be really good at run blocking. Uh, grammar is a thing, um, <laughs> but he, he's 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 good at run blocking. Um, not so much of a pass rusher, uh, but you know, it's something that the the Dolphins can you know definitely add into their defensive line and expect an upgrade. All right. Uh, and yeah, and we saw that was Miami's third pick in the drafts. We have him taking a quarterback, offensive tackle, and a defensive tackle, just kind of spreading it around there all in the first round, which is pretty good for them. Uh, pick number 27, it goes to the Seahawks, and we have him taking one of my favorite names in the draft, Ezra Cleveland, the OT out of Boise State. Um, just another um, hold to fill on that team. Um, he was the best tackle to take at that time. So we haven't taken Cleveland at pick number 27. Um, yeah. And then at uh 28, we've got the Ravens taking Malik Harrison, uh, middle linebacker, Ohio state. And Harrison is just your absolute prototypical Ravens linebacker. Um, I mean, I don't want to say he reminds me of like a Terrell Suggs, but he's a perfect replacement for CJ Mosley, who they've been looking to replace. Um, he's big, he's strong, plays with an edge. He's athletic as hell. Uh, I think he draws some unfair comparisons to Brandon Spikes because of how effective he is against the run. But I put this in my write-up, and you guys can go read it there. It's it's bold, but his athleticism reminds me much, much more of like a prime Patrick Willis than it does a Brandon Spikes. So I'm aware of how much praise I'm giving him by saying that, but if you go watch the tape on this dude, uh, he gets after the ball. He had a subpar combine with four with a four six six forty, which is a little slow at the middle linebacker spot. But when you go watch the tape on him, his pursuit is just effortless and tireless. He's he's on that ass, for lack of a better term. So <laughs> I'll send it over before I get too carried away. But uh, we get the next pick from the Titans. <laughs> Cesar Ruiz, uh, center, Michigan. Uh, he will be able to fill up the uh, middle part of that line that the Titans have needed to fill for a little bit. Um Definitely also a huge addition for their running game, which I know that they want to continue to focus on, obviously by giving the franchise tag to uh, Derrick Henry. Um, Cesar Ruiz is a cusp first round, you know, early second round type of lineman. But at this point, a lot of linemen have gone. 
Um, he's kind of what's left over as far as what's what's talented enough to go into the first round. Uh, and it fills a need for the Titans. All right, I'll take the next one. Um, at pick 30, we have the Packers taking A.J. Terrell. Is that say it right? Terrell, Terrell, I'm not really Terrell, sure. Whatever. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, I mean, we kind of joke back and forth saying, you know, the Packers didn't get the wide receiver in the offseason, so they probably should draft a wide receiver. But what they're going to do is draft a cornerback instead because that's what's what the Packers have done, um, not fill the void they actually need. So we have them taking the next top cornerback in the draft, uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. I don't think I could trust them drafting a wide receiver. No. No. I actually, if you go and read my write-up, I went off on their ability to draft a wide receiver anyways. So, probably best if they take a take a cornerback. Uh, All right, Dad, you want to take 31, and then Tom could take the last one? So, yeah, yeah, Tom definitely oh, takes the last for one. For sure. <laughs> uh, so, at 31, the Niners, uh, we have them taking Trayvon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama. Uh, comes out of the Alabama factory, so you know he's obviously talented right off the bat that way. Um, he's probably the best available still on the board at cornerback and the Niners need some, uh, some help in their secondary. He, he should be a good piece. He should be serviceable and he gets the, uh, you know, fortunate opportunity to learn under one of the best to ever do it out there in San Fran under, uh, Richard Sherman. So hopefully he, you know, shows up to camp, works hard, and hopefully he's, uh, contributing at a high level right off the bat. No guarantees he will, but you know, you come out of Alabama, I think expectations on you are usually pretty high. And with that, I'll send it over to Tom to wrap it up with the final pick of the first round. Yo, the first running back. <laughs> DeAndre <laughs> Swift goes to KC. So that that offense, the split back between him and Darwin Thompson is going to be unreal. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a, on a serious note, uh, Damian Williams isn't the answer, right? I mean, Darwin Thompson, I, I like the guy, but he's not the answer. Uh, Casey, I mean, McCoy Can wasn't the answer last year, huh? <laughs> yeah, close Can we that. save that clip? I, I mean, listen, you know, you can like guys and they not be effective. Um, but look Can- at my entire fantasy roster last year. <laughs> Kansas City needs somebody to come in and inject life out of that backfield. And DeAndre Swift is that guy, right? I mean, he's got he's got the ability to keep up with Mahomes. You can do a lot of creative things with DeAndre Swift. That uh, I, that you really can't do with Damian Williams. I mean, Damian Williams ripped off a lot of uh, nice catches uh, off of wheel routes coming out of the backfield, but I think that DeAndre gives it uh, just another layer um, from from an offensive perspective, and it's another multifaceted weapon that you have to you have to game plan for. So, I mean, this is a pick that I think makes that offense overall uh, just very very com- uh, complete. Um, so, I mean, I love seeing running backs come off the board. I mean, I was sad my boy Jonathan Taylor wasn't coming out in the first round, but uh, I think Swift is the best pick for the Chiefs. I mean, if you're coming up in a dynasty draft like we are, if Swift's sitting at the Chiefs, I mean, that's my first pick. I, that would be my first pick. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think that is an excellent, excellent spot for Swift to be at. No, I agree. He's, he's built for an Andy Reid offense. So, Yep. Couldn't have said it better. He's... The prototypical three down back for Andy Reid. And that is the last person to do it is Cream Hunt. Look at his season. That'd be great for fantasy. Yeah. And I mean, they do still have Damian Williams there if they need a big body guy to, you know, smash the ball in on the goal line or something. Maybe Swift's not necessarily that dude at 5'8. But what I mean, Javante Freeman's 5'8 and he did it for years over in Atlanta. So, yeah. I'm I mean, MJD was 5'2. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ray Rice was five four. I mean, and and that's and that's the thing, right? I mean, I don't know that. I, I think a lot of you know, you got to have heart to some point, 
Oh, yeah. it, I, I mean, I don't like Damian Williams. That's really... <laughs> If you no, ever need they... a, uh, a great video, by the way, just go watch MJD Blitz pickups on YouTube, and it's the greatest thing that you, you can watch for like 15 minutes at a time. Yeah, and then after that, try and watch uh, Kalen Balazs catch a football. <laughs> for That's the best video ever made. <laughs> I don't even know who made it. It was great. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the 2021st round. So that's what, Thursday? Um, yeah, what, what what time does that air? Was it seven 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 thirty? I think uh, is it when it starts, and then probably coverage starts way before that. They'll be talking about it all day. But and after uh, the glitch, it'll probably the first pick will probably be at like nine o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously, something will go wrong with the virtual thing. They should just use Madden. That'd be fan. That'd be so funny. I mean, I feel like there's probably more effective ways for them to do this than having, well, think, but it is what it think is. Think of the fantasy football platforms. Yahoo runs probably like a thousand of them at a time. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, yeah so, it, we'll be we'll be keeping mm-hmm. up to that, right? I mean, we'll all yeah. three of all we'll, four we'll be of doing us something, be whether Twitter. it's us live tweeting it or we're posting on Instagram the big picks, or maybe we'll post some reaction videos. We'll we'll get something for you just to keep you engaged, and maybe we'll we'll make fun of some of the picks if something stupid happens. But um, we'll we'll be doing something one way or another. Yeah, and actually, uh, before I close this out, this just kind of popped into me, popped into my head, and I'll, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. But um, your dream scenario running back outside of DeAndre Swift to Kansas City. Um, one of mine, and I just wanted to mention, is Jonathan Taylor going to the Seattle Seahawks. I think that would be a tremendous fit. I think he would be a, a, a three-down back um, that would be able to produce at a really high level. I think I think Chris Carson's a great running back. No, don't get me wrong. Rashad Penny's definitely not the answer. But I think Jonathan Taylor would be a, you know, second round third round fantasy running back i feel if, if he were to go to the seattle seahawks so that's my dream running back fit all right i'm trying to think of one i'm trying to think of a good one for you right off the bat does here. it have to be somebody coming out this year yes you can pick wide receiver too <laughs> uh, you know we, we had cd lamb that's a that's a dream fit i mean it can be your dream fit or Jerry Judy, you know, to to the Broncos is another. Oh, it's, like, just, dream oh, it's, just, fit. it's my dream fit. Oh, my, you know, you know, my dream fit. T. Higgins to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I would love oh, that. Yeah. Not shy about that at all. I would love to see T. Higgins and Nikhil Harry take a big step forward with whoever the Patriots decide to trot out a quarterback this year. That'd be fantastic. Wheel out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my dream. I mean, it's not a dream fit, but I think if the Bucks can get a K Makers. Later in the draft, I think yeah, that'll be a, that's a good a, one. Great fit in uh, Titan Bay with Brady. I think I think that that's one of the last positions that I think they n- need to fill. I know Jones is still there and they like him, but I would love to see him bring in uh, K Makers there. Yeah, Rojo doesn't seem like he has uh, he's got the legs to to carry that team, so that'd yeah. be a solid fit. K Makers is a very underrated running back. After watching tape. I definitely love the guy. I feel I feel like he he reminds me a lot of Dalvin Cook. Now, obviously, he's a great you know top five running back in the league right now, but he he reminds me a lot of him. It's Who did I pick to, to go college. wicked high, Craig? I can't remember his name. Patrick Taylor. Mean? Patrick Taylor from Memphis. Oh, the running back. The running back. Yeah. Yeah. Six two two seventeen. Yeah, he sat out last year with the suspension. Yeah. So he could be a he could be like a big sleeper. Yeah. You know what he's suspended for, probably? Juicing. Being too big. (laughs) 
Uh, What's Tom's dream? I'll I'll mention a player we haven't mentioned, but uh, Edward Tolaire. Oh, yeah. He he would find himself in a perfect spot in like I I don't know I'm I'm trying to think of a team like right off the top of the head I mean I, it, Tampa would be a solid little landing spot for him and I don't think from a fantasy perspective it would be all that great you know who he could be is uh like the new Gio Bernard on the Bengals like as a little off pace to Joe Mixon well see I think he's a three down back. So I, I I was thinking Atlanta Falcons would be a great spot for him. I don't know how they'd employ Todd Gurley or not, um, but just another name to throw out there, another running back that I think if he gets on a team somewhere, he'll he'll be contributing somewhere. I mean, I think he's a phenomenal little running back. Um, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I'd love to see him somewhere. Um, I would also like to see Philly draft like CD Lamb or T Higgins because my boy Carson Wentz needs somebody to throw the ball to. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I guess I got a couple. I can't I, believe Edward Tolaire ran a four six though. That's that's shocking. I, he, I mean, yeah, it, but it, on, on MJD here. MJD did similarly uh, in the combine. He didn't do very well. Um, and actually, just just to add on to that too. Uh, major rumors uh, have been that Leonard Fournette might be getting shipped out of the Jaguars, and oh, yeah, maybe you know we'll see, maybe oh, we'll yeah. see a little uh, little history there repeat itself with with maybe a little <laughs> Clyde Edwards Lair over at the Jaguars. That would be funny. Well, that'd be something. Yeah. So this is the f- our first round mock draft. If there is zero trades, and I assume there's going to be a lot of trades. Yeah. In the first round. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Yeah, with everything going on, just to add this too, I was I texted these guys earlier today. Peter King had mentioned that um, this would be a huge dr- year for trades due to the fact that we don't know if there's going to be a college football season. So what does that mean for the 2021 draft? And RGM's just going to punt on it. And you know, with the information and the actual season to even go off of, does this mean that this this draft is much more important? Yeah, and you, you got to be curious as well. Like, does it mean? that fewer teams are going to trade down and out into the next year's draft because they're a little concerned. Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Are like our team's going to be fearful to stockpile 2021 20, picks more so than they would normally be. Travis Etienne. That's all you got to say. Yeah, exactly. Boom. If you're not taking Etienne, <laughs> you just you don't even bother. Don't show up. Tom's taking them this year. <laughs> I'm drafting yeah. them this year. Well, I said that we should be able to draft kids out of high school. So if we're going to start doing that, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, there there are leagues out there that do that. Um, I'd yeah. be down for it. I was bummed he didn't he didn't come out this year, but um, all right. So that's podcast fifty nine. Uh, we got the draft coming up. We're going to be live tweeting everything out. So you got to be following us to Top Shelf FNTSY. Um, we'll be having more and more podcast content come out. I mean, we're all. We're all sitting at home now anyway. I mean, uh, Baker closed school for Massachusetts, so Mass is pretty much just shut down for I don't know how long. So we'll be pumping out uh, content articles. Head over to the uh, website at topshelffantasy.com. Um, I'm acting like we're all not still working. Like we're all not essential employees here. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm working a lot. I'm also doing yeah, finals. So, I mean, I, I, I definitely, but, I mean, the goal is always yeah. podcasts yeah. and content and all that. And you guys, you guys, I mean, you guys went through and did a lot of this. I did not really do much. I, I, I did all of those other things. But, anyway, uh, once this draft ends, though, I feel like it's going to get real, real chaotic for everybody. I mean, we've, we've got three years worth of data. We're going to comb through and come up with a bunch of different stuff. Rankings. 
Can't wait to do rankings. So, anyway, on to Podcast 50. Boys, take it easy. Thank you for listening. This is Top Shelf Fantasy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. Head over to our website at topshelffantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose. Thank you.